We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. Post Big 12 Media Days, post golf round together. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter. Kyle, you you, you beat me pretty pretty badly. Kind of like Spieth beat Rory pretty badly too. Oh my gosh! First first twenty seconds. I was I wasn't planning on that. I apologize. But we had we had fun playing together, didn't we? Oh, it was it was awesome. It, it was it was a ton of fun. Uh, I I really enjoyed your trip down here. Uh, yeah, and we're we're back at it uh, tomorrow. So we're we're uh, a little little uh, Central America tour of golf courses. Back at it tomorrow, and in a big way. Like I, I you and I have been like uh, working on our our games separately. Uh, I've been hitting the range. I've been hitting the the golf course. Plenty because we are going to tackle Karsten Creek in the Mike Gundy Media Day Golf Event, which I'm I've played in I can't, five six years in a row now, and it's it's the highlight of my summer, and it's always right before my birthday, so it's a it's an early birthday present for me, and I'm I'm fired up. Is that this is your first time? Are, are you mentally and physically ready for the challenge? You know, I, I'm not, and I think that's probably a good thing because. Well, physically I am. Mentally, I haven't really thought about it. I've had a lot of other things going on, and that's probably for the best because um, I don't know if you know this, Carson, but I played Augusta this year. I don't know if I've made that public enough. That's um, true. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to follow that up. <laughs> but no, no, no. What what I was saying is what happens at these like really nice courses. Not that I'm comparing Karsten to Augusta, but Karsten's an amazing course. Is you get out there and it starts to get in your head like oh my gosh this course is amazing like i'm never i I might not get to play here again like this is you know to to where like if you're going to your local like you know like where we played last week or you know just lakeside and stillwater or whatever like you just don't care and you go play golf and you and you seem to play better so i've tried not to think about it but i'm sure once we get out there um i think we're on the same same squad same team that's what i've gathered uh yeah ryan, so ryan cameron might have hooked us up to where we can play together and turn out some content and uh roast each other's swing um but no you're right man i've played so bad in this mike gundy deal because carson is so long and so tight that you just it get, it does get in your head and you overswing and you you take big divots but it, it's a scramble though that's the best part about it so you can hit some bad shots and forget about it because you get to go tee it up in the fairway where someone else hit a, hit a much better shot than you so yeah that, that helps yeah. for sure no it, it'll be fun i'm excited about just being out there mixing it up with some people uh seeing some new faces talking to the coordinators and coaches um kyle boone's coming so we're gonna get some good good interviews good content for the site and uh yeah i just being in Stillwater is always fun so yeah. it, it'll be it'll be good and hopefully we, we're gonna attempt to do kind of a a live pod with one of the coaches just sit down at a table and record with our phone it sounds way way more set up than that that's basically what it would be so hopefully we can get like casey dunn or, or one of the coordinators and do kind of a little mini live pod with them we'll interview yeah i think i think that'll be good it might be a little shorter but hopefully we'll be able to post that on um you know like friday or, or later on this week so and, that, that that should be good and perhaps a live periscope or two on the course well, I, I don't know. After the way you swung it last week, I don't know if you want that broadcast to however many 7,000 followers you have or whatever. Uh, that yeah. might not be. Uh, you might lose some. Lose well, some followers. my uniform scripting better be on point as much as I critique 
OSU's uniforms. So um, I better bring my A game. Yeah, no, it'll be great. Um, what what's your like? What what score usually wins this thing? Like, what are we looking at? Oh what gosh, are, are, how how much am I gonna have to carry you on Thursday? Pretty, pretty you're gonna have to carry me. Like, what was that? Uh, oh, what was that movie and book where the the, the the guy carried the kid on his shoulders. Oh, someone's gonna tweet tweet at me this. I can't remember. Um, the freak the mighty. Did you ever see Freak the Mighty? No, no. I okay, don't watch it's, it's like a, yeah. You don't watch movies or read books. I forgot. Um, I do read books. I don't. I, watch I know, but no. Uh, Casey Dunn usually stacks his team with like some ringers because mm. I, I won it one year when I was playing with him, and it was me, Casey Dunn. And two guys who just murdered the ball and just they were like local car dealers. So he like and they had played and they had played together the year prior. So like I, I'm on the first tee box and these guys are like going over strategy. They're like ready to win and I'm like guys I'm I'm just trying to hit the ball straight. Like I by the end of the round Casey Dunn was lining me up on putts and coaching me up like as as if I was James Washington. So, so, so but what he you're telling, mid mid fifties is the score. He's going to have, like, he's going to introduce someone as, like, Harl's Chow the Fourth or something. <laughs> yes. And and it'll actually be Charles Howe out there like trying the to. State Farm Charles Howe will be out there. <laughs> but usually in the mid to high 50s, I think mean, 55, 56. So uh, if, you, if you birdie every hole, you win, basically. Basically. And you got to eagle some, too. I, 52 might have been the winning score. Like it's Ooh. it's people are out there cheating. Like it's I think we I think we won. So I played I don't know if I've made this public enough either, but I played that uh pro am with with uh, Fowler a couple years ago and it, do they, do they play it with handicaps at this at the at the Carson thing? They used to, but on the email they didn't ask this year, which they yeah. have, they haven't in the, the few years prior past. I think I think Ryan Cameron, he's done this so long. He's the guy who kind of runs the show up there at Carson. That I think he kind of knows who like the really, really good guys are in the media. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and, and as far as just the same people play it in every year. So I think he kind of has a mental uh, filing away of, of how good people are. So I, I logged a, a 20 handicap when we played in the, in the Colonial thing. Oh, you, and, you fibbed on that. Well, at the time, I, I was not... I, th- I think I've gotten a little bit better over time. And so anyway, <laughs> I think we won by like three strokes because I was getting like on two holes, I got two strokes and one of them was a par five and I think I birdied it. <laughs> so, so it was like a two for our team on a par five. <laughs> wow. And, and, and we ended up, uh, yeah, kind of running away with it. So, <laughs> well, everyone lies on their handicap on, on scrambles. That's, well, I was, that's tr- I was trying to, I was trying to be on, I, I, I don't, I don't like keep a hand. I'm not that serious about golf. Like I, I just, I'm like, oh, I'm usually about 20 over and you know, whatever. Um, so anyway, it, it'll be a lot of fun, but we, we've got a lot of Oklahoma state stuff to talk about right now. Tons, man. Seasons rapidly approaching. The blog is, uh, plentiful. You have, you have a, an entire coaching staff working for the blog. Now you have more coaches than, than Gundy now. Yeah, we do more writers. Actually, that's true. That's true. We have, we have more uh, paid contributors than, than Mike Gundy has coaches. Although he will match us, I believe in January when they're able to bring a 10th assist, assistant on, um, you want to just kind of go through some of the, the posts that we've had and, yeah. and, and talk about what's going on. I, I think the first thing for me is just 
uh, Mike Gundy heading up to, to Bristol to do the ESPN car wash thing. Just what, as an, as an outsider looking in, what was your, um, opinion on like how that went and, and, and just kind of the goodwill that, that Gundy is generating amongst both Oklahoma state fans and then just national college football fans. Well, I just, I think back to a few years ago when he decided not to go to the car wash, he didn't go to his own golf event. Like it just, and this is why you do it, right? He was an absolute superstar up at ESPN. They they couldn't get enough Mike Gundy. And yeah. all that is, and every time they come to the set, it has OSU logos everywhere. So it's just, it's all it is is free marketing, free publicity. And obviously Gundy is so loose and relaxed now. He's amazing in those settings. He, he It was amazing. He was on like the, the Sports Center morning set. He blended in perfectly there. He's hanging out with... Melrose via FaceTime perfectly there. He goes on first take and has he's dancing on first take. He just was he was awesome and it's it's a it's a joy to, for us to watch considering where we were just a few years ago. So I thought it was it was awesome and that's why you go do the car wash. He he was sensational. Yeah. He he was uh he was tremendous and and he is just so he, I think that, and and we saw this a little bit from players at the Big Twelve Media Days. It's not the easiest thing to do. It's kind of, it's kind of a grind. It's kind of mentally taxing. And Gundy, I I feel like one of his sort of like secretly good thing or or things that he's good at is he he makes all that stuff look kind of easy, don't you think? He does. Um, I, I remember at Media Days, you and I were there. I got tired of hearing questions, and I, I wandered off and went and talked to somebody else. Yeah. Gundy had to sit there for, what was it, like two hours, two and a half hours? From like, oh, it's 2.30 to, to 4, so yeah. And uh, yeah, he didn't seem too bothered by any questions. I mean, he wasn't getting, you know, grilled or anything by, by any means, but he's just, he's become so relaxed and so set now with his, his contract situation. That, 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 I think, took a big weight off of him. More than anything, <clears throat> he referenced that ad nauseum in Dallas about how, you know, this is it. He has a pretty much a lifetime contract, and, and he's pretty set. So there's not much to – and he's got a really good team. That, that That's most important. That's when he's at his most relaxed. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Um, Ramon Richards. This got talked about at, at Big 12 Media Days by – both Mason Rudolph and James Washington. I, I think I asked both of them which guy on defense made them the most better or better the most often. And Ramon Richards got thrown out there by by both of them. Does that surprise you at all based on sometimes what we've seen from him uh, on the field? Or, or were you was that kind of what you thought it would be? I'm team Ramon, man. That doesn't surprise me at all. He's a ball hawk. I mean, there's a reason he comes up big in, in big moments because he, he gambles a lot. And I could see him keeping Mason pretty honest with as far as staring down receivers. Because uh, you and I have talked about this before on the podcast. Like It was kind of a surprise for us that they moved him to safety, considering his size. Uh, but it seems that kind of suits his game more than being a cornerback. Now, it, it leaves just a gaping hole at cornerback. That's my biggest concern. But if he can make a bigger impact at safety, I think you do it. And obviously, Gundy knows what he's doing, so I'll, I'll trust them. But... I thought it was a crime that he wasn't at Big Twelve Media Days. And I, I don't know who you I don't know who he replaces with, with Zach Siner's Heisman campaign in full force, but I would have liked to have talked to Ramon too. Yeah, I think he could have maybe replaced Whitener, but I, I also like talking to Whitener. Um 
Let's see here. Brian Montnani hired as the head coach at Owasso High School. How old does that make you feel? Um, yeah, ancient. And will Doug, yeah. will Doug Gottlieb be his recruiting coordinator? <laughs> uh, okay, I, I had five questions. So, so all of us on the blog are going to go through over the next couple of weeks and ask kind of or write about the five questions that we have for fall camp. Fall camp starts on Sunday. It was announced today. Um, so you want to, let's just go through my five questions and I want to, I want to throw them out to you. My first one, who plays cornerback? Um, I think that we think that Adrian Baker is going to be at least one of them. And then maybe AJ green or Rodarius Williams or somebody else on the other side. Is that a, is that a big question for you? Uh, it's the biggest question on the entire team for me. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be. Obviously I, I think you can already write in Sharpie, the Clemson kid Baker, um, I think he's going to be one of the corners. And then I don't – I mean, I think it might be a rotation all year long at the other spot. Yeah. I think it might be a case where if a guy gets burned, you put in the other guy, and if he holds up, you leave him in. And if he gets burned, you try someone else. It might be kind of a revolving door. And we saw that with Oklahoma last year on the corner opposite of uh, of Jordan Thomas, their all-Big 12 guy. Like their first – their day one starter got torched. The guy after that got torched, and they, they kind of – slowly but surely over the season kept trying guys in and out and they finally settled on somebody so i think it'll be the same thing with osu yeah i think you're probably right uh, my, my next one was how much buzz does patrick Macon get Macon coming in from junior college i've heard great things about him i, I talked to chad whitener about him a little bit at, at big 12 media days and he said he had a pretty big learning curve in the spring just coming from juco but uh, I don't know. I'm pretty fired up about Oklahoma State's linebackers between him and, and Whitener and Calvin Bundage. I, I think they have a chance to be pretty good. I do too. And the hope for for Macon is to have an impact like Donald Booker. Remember him? He was, was a re- one of one of Gundy's favorites, didn't it? Uh, no, not really. Does he not talk about him as much? I don't think so. No, I thought he. I thought he was. He, in he, that, might, like, he might have mentioned him a few times. Now that you mention it, Pettigrew. It was. He's not on the Ori Lemon scale. Let's not. <laughs> That's who I'm thinking of. He's That's the Ori Lemon's the ultimate. Like he. He's his favorite <laughs> player of all time, even more than Dez. <laughs> but uh, as far as he, much as he mentions him, but you hope he has a. Donald Booker was a really good player on that 2009 team. Their, their 2009 defense was actually pretty good. They they lost Dez, so they couldn't score. But, man, their defense was pretty solid, and Donald Booker was a huge reason for that. He was kind of a Juco guy as well, and he yeah. was awesome in the middle. So hopefully he making that's the hope, is he can just have a Donald Booker-like season. Uh, my next question, can Keandre Woodtee take over the cornball, the oil baron, uh, Taylor Cornelius? Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to go into the season with with uh, the oil baron as the backup, but uh, I don't know. Do you, do you think Woodtee has a chance? No. I think it's Taylor Cornelius the eighth's spot, uh, the oil baron magnet, as we call him. Uh, I've weren't weren't you kind of impressed by Cornball last year when he got to play? I was. He, he kind of had oh, a little yeah. kind of a little Chelf in him, didn't he? Remember when Chelf would come in for Whedon, and obviously the games were over, but Chelf had a little something to him. You're like, oh, that guy might be pretty good if he gets a chance to play. I think Cornelius would uh, be a solid backup. Cornelius would probably end up starting at A&M in like two years. <laughs> That's kind of where the OSU quarterbacks go for uh, their twilight of their career, huh? What, yeah. what, is it Hubenek? Is that the guy's name? That yeah, Hubenek. Yeah. And like at one point, uh, another backup, the Lego guy was the quarterback at Indiana. Yeah. Something they had like They had like five quarterbacks from their 2012 roster starting at 
like different places because you had Westlant and and uh, Walsh and Ch- I mean it was crazy. It was, it was insane. You know when, uh, when Westlant transferred, you and I were kind of down like down because we both liked him, but that was a that was actually a really good thing for OSU if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was like maybe if Westlant is a little bit better or doesn't transfer, maybe you don't get Mason Rudolph. Right, right? I mean, exactly. Or Mason doesn't play as early. You know, it's a Whedon situation where you had a better quarterback sitting on the bench, you know. I, th- I think I just think juggling quarterbacks generally, like with scholarships and playing time and, and all of that is um, – It's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. So, Carson, my fourth question is um, – is Justice Hill 100%? I think this is a um, – I, I think he is. Like, I, I hope he is. But it, it's just – you always get worried about, like, an off-season surgery. You know, I, I know he, he squatted 900 pounds or whatever. But, like, you know, you want to see your, your one of your ace offensive guys take some hits. You know, just just, just be ready for the, for the fall, essentially. Yeah, you don't want him taking any hits, really, until game one. Well, the, yeah. The big, con- the big concern, but you do want him playing football. You don't want him just sitting over there on the sideline either. Right. So it is a concern. Um, the the biggest fear for me would be a Kendall Hunter type situation where he got hurt and he just he dealt with something the entire season and every single week Gundy was asked about. He's like, oh, he's playing this week. Oh, he's playing this week, and he never played mm-hmm. hardly at all. Mm-hmm. He basically missed the whole year and wasn't the same. So that's the fear, and I don't, I don't think it's that severe yet or, or coming close to being that type of situation. But that's the fear if he's not 100%. But guys like him, Washington and Rudolph, you, you, you put on the more than the green jersey, that the no contact jersey, you put them in like bubble wrap and just say don't touch these guys. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay, then my last one is – uh, what does the offensive line depth chart look like? This is getting pretty deep into the weeds. I think you know who the five starters are going to be, but I'm just curious to see how Gundy kind of fills out that that depth chart behind them because as we've seen, I mean, as is the case almost in every football season, you get second-string guys filling in in key spots. So I, I, I'm curious to see kind of how that shakes out. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? <laughs> so I had a text message that I was reading. Uh, just the offensive line depth chart, like what the second string looks like. Oh, man, you're going deep on me now. Yeah, it, it's too deep. You're you're breaking down backup offensive linemen already. We need the season to get here. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, I didn't want to steal like an obvious storyline. All of us are are doing these five questions, so I didn't want to steal one from somebody well, else. Carson, uh, you brought up a point to me that I think we need to discuss when we were hanging out. Oh, like next season, who's the who's yeah. the who's the quarterback? Mm. Like you're not, I think you're not so sure that they have one, right? Or do you just not? You're just not that high on the guys that are there behind Mason. Uh, I, I I'm concerned that nobody has established themselves as as a second string guy because I, I think that the natural trajectory for somebody that's going to start in 2018 is that you would have already established yourself as the backup in 2017. Now. That might not be the case for for Jelani, the freshman, because he only got there in January, and you know there's a learning curve and whatever. But I I, I just get a little worried when they're like, oh, we don't really know who the second guy is, and it's like, well, I, I don't know if you know this, but 12 months from now you're gonna have to have a first guy because Mason Rudolph's gonna be you know cashing million dollar checks. So that's I think that's the part that that kind of concerns me. 
Well, I think you can look at it from this perspective. This is what I would do if I was the coach. After my starter, I put or, or, and or by all their names as far as backups go. <laughs> Although I think you need to – I guess you do need to have an established backup for reps, I guess. Yeah. But I, I, do, just, I do that just to make sure no one transfers. Yeah, I get that. And maybe that's what they're doing. But it's like – I don't know. Like, isn't there like a guy? Like, what? I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that part – like – like, wasn't Mason, like, a surefire backup whenever um, – of course, I guess you could argue, like, why wasn't he starting whenever Dax was in there for the, the just horrendous 2014 season. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll work out okay. I saw Dax Garman this past weekend in Oklahoma City. It was, what, what, what is he doing? Was he, did you somebody uh, just, sack him? Just at a local establishment. He's just, hmm. he just hanging out in the city, living hmm. the city life. But I had I had uh, flashbacks to that season for a second. It wasn't good. Yeah, but good. I uh, think I'm high on Jelani Woods, though. I, I'm still in the Jelani Woods bandwagon. I've seen him play yeah. zero snaps live, but I, I just have this idea of him being like Cam Newton. Don't you think he should he should be wearing number eleven though? Why? That's that's uh, Wood that's Wood T's number. Yeah, but I just want Jelani to look like eight feet tall. <laughs> Give him number one. That's yeah. what I wanted to wear. That'd be good. Hey, Carson, uh, you know what we forgot? What's that? Uh, we have not uh, handed out a toast. Oh, let's toast it up. Yeah, it's time for the Coop Works Toast of the Week. Coop Works bring great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Um, we enjoyed a few cold coop L works, uh, last week, um, which was, which was a delight to, to get to share those in person. Um, 30 days, approximately uh, 35 days before the season. Who are you toasting, uh, as it relates to Oklahoma state? Oh, I would like to toast Zach Siner for his performance at big 12 media days. I'm going to crack mm. open a, a Saturday siren, which I finally got to try down at the Porter household, which was spectacular i might say and uh but signer was awesome like his little pamphlet was hilarious it was like he's nice to dogs was written on there and like he had quotes from like mason rudolph and all that stuff it was hilarious and uh you know i I thought he got got royally screwed last year on the ray guy award so i think he's done his best to kind of get out in front get some attention for a punter which you don't see every day. I thought he was awesome, so I'd, I'd crack one to him. And I'll let Matt a million crack a Saturday siren with, with us, and we'll toast together for Matt. We, we teed off without him, and he played the back nine with us. So he, he had a good spirit about that, even though we kind of left him high and dry. Yeah, and then he bought us beers. I mean, he, he just top-notch guy. Solid performance, world, yeah. World class. Um, I'm going to toast an elevator wheat to somebody who rolled the <laughs> – rolled – rode the elevator up the leaderboard at the British, at the open championship, excuse me, um, last week. And that is, uh, Alex Noren finishing in the top 10 for, I believe just the second time in his career at a major championship played really well. Uh, it was cool. Him and him and Ricky Fowler were paired together on Sunday at, at Royal Burkdale and, uh, Noren clipped him by a little bit, but, um, yeah, he just had a, he had a really strong open performance and as somebody who's now in the top 10 in the, in the world golf rankings, that's kind of what you want to start seeing uh, out of him at, at major championships. So, uh, an elevator wheat to Alex Noren. When did he play at OSU? Oh, he was there, uh, I think early two thousands. I want to say like, Oh, Oh one, Oh two. He's 30, 
five years old. So he's a little bit older than we are. Um, so he, he was there a little, he, he was in Stillwater a little bit before us. Okay. He's yeah. Top 10 in the world. I mean, he, he's the best OSU golfer, isn't he right now? He's the highest ranked, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Fowler might, Fowler might've moved ahead of him at the, at the U uh, S open, but they're, they're both right there. And, you know, people have talked a lot about how like he's kind of stolen world ranking points on, on the European tour, but he's a good player you know like you don't just win like five times on the european tour because you're getting lucky so yeah he's number nine right now and ricky's number 11 so uh that that's a trivia question that i bet a lot of oklahoma state fans would whiff on right now is who's the highest ranked golfer in the world who wins a major first between norn and fowler yeah oh definitely fowler okay Nor- norn's good but fowler has a chance to be like fowler's up there almost every major now like he i know he didn't c- contend at the the open but he still was what top 20 and he was he played pretty well just obviously not well enough to win but he's he's giving himself i think chances to to do it more more often than noren anyway right noren's only got two top tens fowler's got you know two top tens in the last year or whatever at Mm -hmm. at majors so yeah i i think i mean fowler's definitely a better player but but noren's acquitting himself pretty well on 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 the world stage and at at an older age too it's pretty interesting he's not one of the the young guns he's he's 34 35 you know he's kind of in that justin rose adam scott uh sort of era um but he's he's playing great well hopefully an osu golfer will come drop in and play with us i remember when peter uline was a freshman he played a hole with us and hit this absurd three iron just a mile and i was like okay that guy's pretty good i'm gonna have to watch out for him that was peter uline as a freshman so peter peter uline is a freak yeah he's unbelievable yeah he 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 was showing off and i was impressed yeah yeah maybe maybe uh willie wood's kid hayden wood will come play around with us or something yeah that that would would be fun they they would uh yeah they, they would they would definitely show us up uh okay we got a couple more things to get to um, we should talk, we should talk uniforms. Yeah. Uh, I got a, I got a take from big 12 media days. I know you tweeted out some thunder stuff. Let's, uh, let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's university spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on campus corner and be sure to shop online at Chris Uh, my big 12 media days uniform take, I did, we might've talked about this in our Facebook live. Um, but I loved that they. I loved the two helmets that they put up there. They put up both of the the uh, the white helmets with the badge and then with the brand, the kind of chrome looking ones. I like that they didn't put the big crazy Pete one up there. And I hope that they, I hope they wear those two white helmets the majority of the season and not the Paisley, not the crazy Pete. Um, just stick with, just keep keep the helmet simple. Like don't don't get too crazy. I was shocked that the Paisley was not on the the dais waiting Mike Gundy for his press conference because it was yeah. on it was on the uh, they had these like mannequins up on the stage as well and the, it was Paisley orange white was the combo they went with which looked which looked pretty good actually but yeah I'm with you that the Paisley helmet it, it it's an Ed Hardy T-shirt for me I don't like it um, it was better when they had a black face mask in Bedlam it was a little more toned down. But it did look good with the orange pants, I must say, in the bowl game. But I, I'm with you that you love the brand helmet that they wore game one last year and was never seen again. It's uh, the best. It's the simplest and the best that they have. For me, the the one they had up there with the, the badge, I think, is 
it's rapidly rising on my power rankings. <laughs> it looked awesome. I'm 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 all in on the badge, Kyle. Can I can I make a confession to the podcast? I'm all in on the badge. I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I know you are. And and Justin Southwell has has defriended you on Facebook. He's unfollowed you on Twitter. <laughs> hey, there's a brand on the badge. It's just a little more intricate. That's all. It's smaller. Yeah, it's it's not. It, it just okay. I do love the brand. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but give me the badge if I don't get the brand. <laughs> give me the badge. <laughs> uh, okay, we got a couple more things. Uh, Oklahoma State a seven to one, uh, fa- well, they, they have seven to one odds to make it to the college football playoff. Is that, uh, just what's your first thought when you hear that number seven to one? Wow. That seems, that seems high to me or low, whatever you want to say that the odds of getting there seem, they seem pretty bullish on OSU. I still have major concerns about the defense. That would be my, my big thing, but seven to one, that's, Pretty, what, what is that nationally as far as ranking? Well, I, I was going to tell you. What, what do you think Texas's odds are? Probably better, knowing the absurd notion that Texas is good at football. <laughs> they're nine to one, so they're they're a little bit worse. TCU is twelve to one. Uh, Kansas State is ten to one. Oh, I like that. I, I don't like that. I, I, they would have to be like twenty to one to, for me to to, to like the, their number. Uh, Ten to one, Kansas State to make the play. I mean, first of all, y- you have to look at it as a conference. Like, is the Big Twelve even going to send anybody? Well, and that's if, true. And if they're going to send someone, is it going to be Kansas State at ten to one? Uh, they probably don't pass the eye test. You know that that Herb Street loves so much. And yeah, it just I don't, you, I don't know. a four loss USC would get in over a one loss Kansas State. Uh, didn't didn't they like schedule? Aren't they playing each other at some point in the future? I feel like they are, or maybe yeah, they did. It's weird. Like they've started scheduling people now, which is odd. Alabama's two to five. Uh, Florida State seven to five. USC seven to five. Ohio State three to two. OU five to two, and then you get. LSU, Penn State, and Washington at four to one. So those are kind of your top uh, eight favorites to to make the college football playoff. Okay, I don't. And I then, don't hate it. Then you go Michigan, Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, Oklahoma State. Hmm. I mean, isn't isn't it crazy? Like we we talk about this all the time that Oklahoma State's in a conversation, a legitimate conversation, before a college football season with Georgia, Florida, Clemson, Auburn, and Michigan. I know, and people take that for granted too, you know. It's like that's the level Gundy's brought them to, which is absurd. They're, Just think 20, not, 20 years ago, 1997, it was like OSU had won the Super Bowl by making the Alamo Bowl, and they had like yeah. a, a little number 21 next to their name. I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world. You thought it was like to honor Barry Sanders probably. Yeah, I just I, why is there a number next to OSU's name? That's never happened before. That's pretty cool. They must be really, really good, but <laughs> – now they're, you know, obviously above the Alamo Bowl. You know, they just played in it. But <laughs> I, I posted about this on um, uh, Tuesday. But if you look at records in the last 10 years for, for Power 5 teams, uh, Oklahoma State ranks, uh, what is it, 11th in terms of winning percentage over the last decade. So the teams ahead of them are Alabama, Ohio State, OU, Oregon, LSU, Florida State, Clemson, TCU, Wisconsin, and USC. TCU is a little questionable there because they haven't really been a Power 5 team, but I left them in there. Um, Oklahoma State's a top 10 Power 5 team over the last 10 years. And, Carson, they have a chance. In 2017, 
if they win 14 games, I know that sounds crazy, but uh, they're going to be favored in a lot of them. They will join uh, the prestigious 10, or excuse me, 110 club, 100 wins over the last 10 years, which would be just an outrageous accomplishment. All hail Mike Gundy. <laughs> it's the summer of Gundy. By the way, Alabama has 119 wins over the last 10 years. Jeez. They also haven't lost more than one regular season game since 2010. That's your favorite stat ever. It's it's it's, it's you, just preposterous. You love that stat. It's absurd. So How is that even feasible? How is that even a, a real thing? I, they play I in the know. SEC. <laughs> like I, I don't know. It's dumb. Yeah, it's crazy. So well, uh, one okay. last one last Gundy note though. Do you want to talk about the fourth down stuff? Yeah, let's talk about it after we hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, uh, you tweeted out something about Mike Gundy this week that I thought was really interesting. I don't have it pulled up right now. If you do, you can read off the exact numbers. But basically, they charted how often teams went for it on fourth down. And before I even clicked on it, I go, I bet OSU's dead last in the Big 12. Because <laughs> that's just the way Gundy's kind of gone lately. Sure enough, I clicked on it, and you can go. it goes year by year, just down and down and down to where now they're, they're dead last in the Big 12. And, and that's how Ben Grogan becomes the all-time leading scorer in OSU history, is they just kicked a ton of field goals. And didn't really go for it either, which, you know, I don't, I'm not asking Gunny to go for it on fourth down all the time, but I do like aggressiveness. And I feel like he went for it a lot more when he was a younger coach than he does now. Cause that's, that's kind of the misnomer, Kyle. He's got this mullet, he's freewheeling, but it, every year he gets more and more like Pat Jones on the conservative scale. So that, that kind of illustrates that. Yeah, I mean, to your point, uh, each of the last two years, Oklahoma State has been last in the Big 12 in going for it on fourth down. 2015, they went for it 9% of the time. 2016, they went for it 12% of the time. You contrast that to both years, Baylor was number one. They went for it 42% of the time in 2015. Um, and then 39% of the time in 2016. Baylor's been number one in the conference each of the last four years. And also to your point, you look back at 2008, these stats go back to 2008. I think uh, somebody on the Reddit college football forums put this together it's really cool um 2008 uh, mike gundy went for it 26 percent of the time on fourth down so he he has been trending downward ever since then and I, I i don't know i'm interested to see if that changes this year with with somebody that they don't trust as much as grogan kicking field goals um i i, I would hope that it does and that you trust your offense enough to get it done but you're, you're right about the conservative side i mean that that's one thing that and this is what Stoops, Bob Stoops was so good at, right? Like he, he picked his spots so well and he, he just understood the rhythm of these games and, and when to do it and when to not. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that Gundy has totally figured that out yet. Well, I feel like even Bob 
has gone the had gone the way of Gundy. I feel like he had gotten far more. I think he oh you trended down on that on that chart too. So I, I think Bob was very much like Gundy as far as established. I think the more established coaches now Baylor was just off the off the rails. Like they they went for it more than anybody in the country. Yeah, but, but Bob got more conservative as, as time went on as well. Yeah, well, uh, 2015 they went for it. Oh, you went for it eight, 17 percent of the time, and Oklahoma State was nine. So they went for it almost twice as much as Oklahoma State did. Okay, but it's yeah, interesting I mean, though. It is. It's it's really interesting. And they they don't have the Walsh package anymore. They don't have Chris Carson anymore. So it'll be interesting to see what they would do if they want to go for it on you know fourth and short. I mean, I for me, I you know I let Mason kind of make that call at the line. Yeah. You know, let him. You have a a four year. All world quarterback, just throw, toss him the keys. Well, and and he talked about that a little bit at at uh, media days, just how he is making more calls at the line than he has in the past. And and he he wasn't talking about fourth down, but um, I I do think they tr- they trust him. That's something that Gendy I think has had a hard time with, just trusting his quarterbacks, you know, uh, which has been frustrating at times. Of course, you also have like freshman Rudolph wanting to go for it. Uh, was that at OU? Like, and wanted to go for two or something, and at the end of regulation, do you remember that? No. He he was like whispering in Gundy's ear, "Let's let's go for it. Let's you know, let's try to end it right here before we go to overtime." Oh yeah, I, I yeah. Do that. <laughs> so that's like I, an all-time uh, tour sauce move for a quarterback. Yes. So I I do get like where Gundy's coming from, but I I, I, I think that you know Rudolph's senior year, I think he'll extend the leash a little bit, so to speak. Yep, I agree. And you know, normally this time during football season, we do the uh, the Glenn Spencer Warrior poem. Mm. But uh, he tweeted, "About time to shut up and play." Twitter, Snapchat, opinions, polls, pretty much irrelevant. With a GIF of Rocky punching Drago. Mm. So he's so he, he's getting into that, season form here. Do you think that when we talk to him tomorrow for our blog, he'll say, "You guys are just pretty much irrelevant." Probably. He'll probably. Are yeah. you the Are you the clowns that read my Twitter my Twitter feed in a yeah. silly accent? Is that you guys? The, no, uh, no, Glenn. That, that's not us. That's a different blog. He 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 is he has probably adopted the the Todd Munkin uh, stats are for losers thing. Although Glenn Spencer does like he kind of touts that points per drive stat. He he likes that one. I'm going to ask him about that tomorrow. He he's a fan of that. He shouldn't be. Did you see uh, what my boy Caden McFarland tweeted out? Well, he he should be he shouldn't be in terms of the Big Twelve, but he should be uh, on a national level because Oklahoma State and other Big Twelve teams get roasted nationally when they really shouldn't. Yeah, that's true. But yards per play um, under Bill Young, we're all, the last three years we're all lower than the last three years of Glenn Spencer. I'm a, a Bill Young truther. You are. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. But that's pretty startling. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's it, Carson. You got anything else before nope. we uh, before I hit the road to come up to Stillwater? Yeah, you bringing birdies with you or what? I am. I'm bringing the fam too. We're going on vacation shortly after our uh, our outing, so uh, okay, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna turn the phone off for about a week and get some get some reading done. No movies, but I'm gonna get some books in. Well, hopefully Casey Dunn puts the orange jacket on us on 18 after we finish. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna be so funny if we're on Casey Dunn's team after talking about this. That'd be funny. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. He, he'll he'll be just appalled at our games, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be sweating. I'll be uh, yeah. I'll be nervous. 
Yeah, not good. Um, okay, Carson, we will see you on Thursday and talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. See you. Okay. See you.